because you think they have weak, I mean, the, because the, they probably thought I'm judging them with my righteous status as a non-smoker and non-alcohol drinker. Good thing is now the Korean brothers, they enjoy their freedom without guilty more and more. Get out of the shell. At the time, a pastor used the passage a lot from the first Corinthians chapter 8 for defense there, I say, dualistic smoking practice. I do not think their interpretation on this passage and application to their life was wrong. We Christians need to, please repeat after me, exercise of our freedom carefully. See? For others. However, we also need to share the truth and freedom in Christ with others also. So I mean, make them disciples of Jesus by your biblical instructions. In the first Corinthians chapter 7, the previous chapter, Paul dealt with the sexual immorality of Corinth, and this sexual immorality impacted on God's gift of sexual happiness in marriage. Since we know that Corinth has the temple of Aphrodite, in other words, temple of Venus, with more than 1,000 sacred prostitutes there, and then their business is going really well. There is no wonder about the Corinthians' sexual immoralities with it. And then problem is not only sexual immoralities, but also they have another problems. In chapter 8, Paul deals with the problem of idols. There were at least 12 temples devoted to a variety of gods and religions, and they sacrificed at the altars continually, continually. These burnt offerings were usually sold in the public market as a meat. And many Christians in Corinth were converted from the pagan cults. Do you think, could they have purchased the meat from the public market? Since they knew that the meat had likely been a part of the pagan right. Do you think they eat without compromising their biblical faith? Or did just eating the meat from the pagan rite make them participants of pagan worship? Let's see the answers. From the Bible, for the Jews, from the Mosaic law, using food sacrificed to idols was strictly forbidden. For example, book of Exodus 34, be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land. For when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. How about other brothers? St. James preached in the book of Acts chapter 15, says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we would not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them and telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read and read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. So the law clearly says, don't eat it, don't touch it, don't hang out with it. 
And the apostle James suggests that kindly, patiently instruct the believers. Because the people around them already knew and heard about the Mosaic law. Because the many, many towns, almost every town has a temple, the synagogues in the town. So whether they believed God or not, they heard about their practice a little bit. And their knowledge says they better not eat that. How about St. Paul? St. Paul deals with this problem in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. NIV 11 put the title as Concerning Food Sacrifice to Idols. Let's read, uh, look closely through the 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now about food sacrifice to idols. We know that we all possess this knowledge, but knowledge pops up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. In Corinth, the concept of knowing and knowledge was influenced by the Hellenistic world. So in the Corinth church, there were those who were proud of knowing about Christian liberty. And they flaunted the liberty they knew was there. They ate the meat without giving it a second thought on it. Not knowing or not caring about what effect their action might have on other Christians. Did you know that I have a black belt in martial art? It's not mean you have to be nice to me, but I still know and understand the mechanics and theory of Taekwondo. But I have not practiced it in the last couple decades. So I cannot perform as a black belt holder anymore. In this case, my mind knows and my mind is still, I'm the black belt holder. But my body, my body, not aligned with that, not tuned it. How about heart and mind? Our heart and mind, in other words, knowledge, are not always in tune also. Knowing about it does not always make us feel right about doing it. We are forgiven. We are children of God. God expects his children's spiritual growing as the parents expect their children's growing in healthy ways, spiritually, physically. We call it sanctification. A sinner's new life is in Christ, but still live in the earthly tent, this temporal house, which is our body, until we are called to heaven and get rid of this temporal body. We are growing closer to holiness, which means being set apart from sin and getting close to God. St. Paul says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Yes, we are saved, but still we live in this temporal body and then desire and battle in between the simple desire and the holy desires fighting each other. And Matthew 5 also says, brothers and sisters, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Can he be perfect? I say it's mission impossible in this world. But how about this? Can we put our effort 
into being perfect. Yes. Only with the help of God, and we call it the sanctifying grace. So 1 Peter chapter 1, talking about these things, if I sums up, since it is written in the Bible, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, God is holy, so God's children, we must be holy. God the Father opened the door for the sinners to be holy with his Son, Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus, our sins were washed away, and by believing that truth, in other words, the good news, gospel, we became the holy nation and holy priesthood. However, until we get into the heavenly tent, we need to put our heart and mind and soul on loving God and neighbors. You shall not have other gods. God wants to keep his glory through his children's life. He don't want to see we put his glory to other things, materials, even the families, and many other things. And you shall not misuse God's name. His name given to us for saving us, for blessing us. So we better keep the name holy. Practice to put the Lord at first. Above all things and beings, St. Paul sent a letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and life to come. Physical training is like exercise for body, which is, which is good for temporal time. But godliness is a spiritual exercise for holiness, which is good for now and forever. Again, by faith in Jesus Christ, we are adopted as God's children, and, and those children of God gather together like today for praising, worshiping, and sharing the word of God, and gradually grow in faith, which means the knowledge, heart, and body are aligning more and more and stepping away from the sinful lives more and more. And St. Paul also encourages the believers in the church from his book, says, May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. God is the one who strengthens our heart with his help, we can live to be blameless and holy. That's why we sang today, abide with me, Lord. Jesus, abide with me. And let's go back to the first Corinthians chapter 8. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world. At that, there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Idols are nothing. And there is only one true God. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Yes, Amen. For the people who really know that, there are no other gods. That's why the food for those nothing, those idols, not going to affect your spiritual conditions. Yes. On the verse 6, 
We can find the purpose of our life. We live for God's glory. God the Father, Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit created the world, and everything came into existence from Him, who is the builder. Since we live for this one true God, originally there is no reason to be concerned with meat, sacrificed to idol, sacrificed to nothing. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idol that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. Many of us already know that there is no other God so that the food for those false gods cannot affect our spiritual life. We knew it. However, not everyone knows this. There were Christians who had only recently been delivered from the paganism brought into the faith in Christ. It's like a new Christian. And anything connected with idolatry can make them feel uncomfortable. Eating meat sacrificed on pagan altars made them feel that they were once again involved in pagan worship and were sitting against their Lord, true God. It is a matter of Christian freedom, but also it is not a matter of salvation and justifications. Yes, we know that, so we could use our Christian freedom. But another but, but, brothers and sisters, be careful. However, that the exercise of your right does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees it, with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So, this weak brother and sister or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them, in this way, and under their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. For those Christians who have the knowledge that there is nothing wrong with doing, so that they can freely go to the false god's temple and eat by invitations. But Paul says, hey, brothers, look out. When they hang out with the reclined at the table and they enjoy the food, may their fellow Christians with a weak conscience observe them. Those who believe eating the meat for idol is a violation of the first commandment may stumble in his faith by other Christians' freedom. St. Paul says, if food actually causes his fellow Christian to stumble in their faith, he will become a vegetarian. Our Christian freedom comes with a great responsibility to care for others and serve others. So we need to remember that our practice may have a spiritual impact on, on other believers. Our lovely brother Martin Luther says, let's read all together. A Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none, 
A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject of all, subject to all. That's the mystery only the believers could understand and nodding their heads. The people outside who does not understand the mystery of Christ, his gospel, they may don't understand. They're one sentence talking about two different things. Our one and only true God give us Christian freedom so that we can treasure it. We are out of the punishment of the law. He cut off the chain so we live in the grace time under his grace, under his forgiveness. But at the same time, one and only true God give us fellow believers around the bus so that we can love them. Not have to, but willingly as a want to. And how can you do that? Abide with Jesus. Jesus is the way. So follow and imitate his life. And abide in Jesus. Jesus is the truth. So stand firm on Jesus. The stand student is not above the teachers. We cannot be above the Jesus Christ. But everyone like you and me who is fully trained in his truth will be like Jesus. The Bible is the only textbook for our spiritual training. Stick to the word of God. Abide in Jesus. Jesus is the life. So live our life as his own. If we know Jesus' heart for the sinners, especially for you and me, and if we live with Jesus' heart, we can go one extra mile for others, we can give them our clothes, and we can give up many things for the Lord and his glory and for his people, willingly, gladly. Jesus said, abide in me. Now we ask Jesus Christ, abide with us, so that we can willingly, gladly limit our freedom for Jesus Christ who gave up his life for us and for his people. This faithful obedience is motivated by the gospel instead of the law. We're doing that not because we're afraid of the punishment. We're doing that because we have joy in us to share, to live. Let us read Book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 14, together. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you have knowledge about that, what Jesus Christ says, he narrowed down and gave us greatest commandment. What was that? Start with love your God with all your heart and soul and mind. And then how come? Jesus' disciple Paul omit the first part. Now he made another one. He says, everything, entire law is fulfilled in one command. Love your neighbors as yourself. Do you have any answer? I have an answer. We cannot obey that command if we don't have the first part. So now he's talking about to who? To the fellow believers. That's the previous verse. Let's read all together. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Okay, my lovely and holy brothers and sisters in Christ, now I strongly urge you, leave your freedom freely, without any guilty feeling, without any afraid of the 
punishment. But remember, once he called you children of God, it comes with joyful responsibility. So now we equipped with heart, Jesus' heart, and we could care others. So that's why Apostle Paul asked the people, just like you and me, hey, brothers and sisters, in Christ, we have free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh and then to obstacle and then to cause the trouble of other brothers and sisters. We care each other. So love your neighbor as yourself. Amen.